lights down Hand over my crown Hand over my heart I do this for my town I do this for my crowd So turn me up real loud My time, my time None of you people can tell me to stop Hello, everybody. Welcome to this week's episode of MGR Unplugged. Uh, we actually skipped last week. We were just so... A lot of things happened where we were supposed to record as far as business uh, business stuff. So uh, we, we just didn't couldn't find the time. We kept pushing it back to Friday, and we apologize. We couldn't actually record one last week, but that's okay. Um, we have one this week that is actually the one that we were supposed to do last week. And um, two weeks ago, we kind of briefly talked about the... Uh, NFTs of the non-fungible tokens, also known as uh, NFTs, I think. <laughs> Some people kind of call it that. There's a website that's NFTs. NFTs, yeah. But, uh, yeah uh, NFTs. I, I want people to get used to that word because it's going to be used quite a bit in the future. But anyways, uh, that actually is something that you brought up. I didn't know much about him. And uh, I did. I was actually very curious and started doing more research about him and listened to a few of our podcasts with... Um, uh, Jason Calacanis, Mark Cuban, and some others, and uh, it is a pretty interesting, uh, I would say, new feature, even though it's been around for a while, um, I mean, at least to one year or maybe two, I don't know how long no, it's, it's been No, it's been around. for a few years, but a few it's, years? it's like everything, you know, what it was a few years ago is not what it is today, you know, it's right. advanced a lot more. But Yeah, but it's, it's really interesting because... Uh, okay, we, we, we defined already what the NFTs are, the non-fungible tokens are basically tokens that are so uh, they are unique. You cannot trade them like one for one. Like like we explained last time, you have a dollar, I have a dollar, we can trade them, whatever. Fungible, non-fungible means that they are unique and there's only one of them that exists and you right. cannot be, do trading with them. So when you start thinking about that, um, one of the um, um, applications that is most commonly used these days for the NFTs is the... Uh, what they call crypto art or digital art, which is, you know, you see, oh, when I was looking, there's a lot of websites or portals out there that have these collections of digital art where people basically bid on them. And uh, they use the Ethereum protocol to, to bid on those. Um, most cases. Most cases, yeah. There is actually, <laughs> actually uh, people trying to do it on Bitcoin too now, uh, but for now mainly on, on Ethereum, yeah. Right. With ERC-20 tokens, which is based on the Ethereum. It was just based on Ethereum. So they use the uh, the Ethereum protocol, and, and you, there's all kinds of things. I mean, basically, you, it's like an auction. You bid on them, or the, the, the seller can basically design some kind of uh, digital art and then puts it for sale. They can have a minimum price, or they can just leave like, like an open bid, and then you sell it, and then you have different options. You can sell it, and then whoever buys it knows that that, unique piece is just unique and nobody else is going to have the same and then when you resell it you decide it's an investment basically like anything else so that art <clears throat> piece of art keeps accumulating value or um growing in value hopefully if it's an investment and then the good thing is that being on the blockchain when you sell it if you decide to sell it then you have the option when you are the original designer to receive royalties for all the sales of that piece of art yeah. forever, basically. Yeah. Um, so, so for example, if you, David, are a designer, um, put something, design something, put it for sale, um, and you say, okay, I'm going to sell it for one, one Ethereum, one Ether, which today is about $1,500, $1,600, basically. Uh, and obviously, the price changes. But, and I decide to buy it 
and I buy it for sixteen hundred dollars or basically one Ethereum. Right, one. But, right. Basically, when I when I make it, when I mint it, um, I can basically say, and it, the artist can choose whatever they want. Like right. I want ten percent. Right. And uh, I set up that way, and mm -hmm. so then forever, basically, exactly. If I sell something for a thousand dollars, and I'm kind of an unknown artist, and I sell for a thousand dollars. Then I get the th uh, the first thousand, right? Because obviously I'm the original. That's the first right. sale. But then say I become more popular and you sell it for ten thousand. Why a ten percent? So that's another thousand bucks. Right. And then maybe I'm a really famous artist down the road and you exactly. sell it for a million bucks. I still get ten percent. Right. Forever. And it doesn't matter. There's no time limit or anything. So yeah. so again, because that thing is totally traceable and trackable, you get that royalty for the lifespan of your lifetime or whatever. And uh, and all the time, so that is basically something that is a little more unique. So, you know, we are I'm more used to a typical collectibles, however, you collect baseball cards or this or that, and then you buy one, you trade it, you know, all that stuff. And and uh, you know, it's just once you once you trade, you lost track of it. It's done. You know, you you get paid whatever you pay if you trade, even trade or whatever. But then you basically it's gone. This is different. This is all digital or crypto art, and then. Is traceable, trackable, and then you get if, you, like you said, when you mint it, which is another term that we need to explain a little bit. But you can mint your own art with different conditions, and then um, basically you get royalties no matter what. So it's not that somebody somebody can sell it and say, "Well, I'm going to sell it this way or that way," and then you kind of go away off the blockchain or something. No, it's just going to be there all the time. So that's really interesting. So. Going back to to the, I mean, one of the original ones is uh, the famous Crypto Kitties, uh, which was like little cats design, like digital little cats and kitties, basically. Um, which to me, really, I don't know how they came so famous because it's kind of like a, little, uh, it's uh, kind of <laughs> like a meme. Really. Yeah, exactly. similar to Dogecoin. How Dogecoin, nobody yeah. takes it seriously, but it went up in value a lot. Right. Crypto Kitties was the same thing, and that was. Was that two or three years about ago? About two or three years ago. I don't yeah, I was looking exactly. At, but uh, yeah, so so that, that was, was the, the first <clears throat> kind of major one. I mean, there's mm -hmm. an NFT. Really, is just a smart contract. Um, uh, so it's it's been around really for years. It's just that it hasn't been utilized and it hasn't been easy to utilize. Now there's lots of platforms mm -hmm. that are making it a lot easier. And really, we talk about art. Um, and art and collectibles and stuff like that. That's like the low hanging fruit because it's like the most obvious application mm -hmm. right now. Uh, but I think there's going to be a lot more. Uh, well, that's yeah, gonna exactly. Be it applies to a lot of different things. I mean, anything that you can convert to digital and we'll get into that. But I mean, we started with the like crypto kitties, like you said, it started like a, almost like a meme, like a joke. And then it became really big and popular. And then that kind of put the NFTs on the map, so to speak. And then like more recently, we have you. You told me the other day about the crypto punks and uh, which is these avatars. And, and if people Google crypto punks, they're going to see tons of these things. To me, it's outrageous how people are paying so much money for those little avatars. But you were actually thinking, yeah, as an investment, uh, uh, what, what were the prices that were paying for those? I mean, some of them were selling for hundreds of thousands of dollars. Hundreds of thousands of dollars, correct. I mean, basically, they, they were selling for maybe uh, 80, 90, 100 Ether, basically, which corrected is basically 100 $50,000 or whatever. So, yeah, I mean, that that to me, 
and, and like you said, I mean, I said, I, I told you, I said, I will never invest in that. And I'll put some shots. I'm looking at them right now. But uh, for our, um, you know, non-video audience, I'll, I'll put some links and everything in the show notes. But uh, to me, it's just a, an avatar that looks actually very basic, simplistic, pixelated, whatever you want to call it. But people are paying for those. And you said it perfectly. You said, but I don't care. It's like a status symbol, though. Right. Exactly. It's like anything. It's <clears> like... I can buy a, a Timex watch for $5 and it'll tell me the time perfectly. Or I could buy a Rolex. Right. You know, I mean, it, it's like everything. Right. It's a status symbol. And also is, is again, because it's NFT, is unique, is yours. Nobody can copy it, do everything, whatever. And, uh, and it's an investment too. I mean, like I, I told you, I'll never do that. It says, I don't care if I don't like this thing, but if I know it's going to increase value, I'm going to buy it and then you can resell it. So you buy right. something for, you know, maybe a thousand, two thousand dollars. Right. I told now. you I was, I was <clears throat> there's someone made an ETF of crypto punks. Where yeah. They own like 180 crypto punks. Oh, there is an ETF of crypto punks. I didn't know. Yeah. Yeah. And, uh, I was saying, Hmm, I might invest in this. And yeah. uh, you were saying, yeah, but those are so lame. And it's like, yeah, for me, I don't care about the crypto punk. I was like, but, you know, there's plenty of modern art that I fucking think is bullshit, but is worth millions of dollars, too. I don't care. I was yeah. like, if I can make money, I don't really care. Yeah. Now, I do think there's definitely a little bubble right now with all this NFT art. Like, some of the art is kind of crazy. Like, unknown artists selling, like, some little 3D video animation for like five grand i know like yeah mm, i've seen him this okay. there's websites like OpenSea and writable and, and again i will put this on the uh, uh zoro i think you said the other day too they have uh different categories and you can see different different arts or digital art like you said 3d animations or 2d animations sometimes or even it static, be anything it's static artwork you um know. yeah it can be anything but it's some of it is i mean some of it is valuable right but some of it is like uh, I think, hey, good for, if you're an artist and you can sell something for ten grand, good for you. But I don't know if that piece is going to keep its value if it's like an unknown artist and right. it's just selling because NFTs are hot right now. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I think people are, at this point, it's a little bit of a trendy fashion fat thing where they yes. say, I'm going to buy this thing. And then you go and show off thing. I have this thing. I'm, it's mine and it's an NFT and you know i own it and all that stuff and at the end of the day it's like yeah but so what i mean I, you have a poster on the wall and you know it's but anyways the the, the point is that uh, uh you know it's it's just a new way of uh, owning a piece of art in this case or anything else that is basically non-fungible like basically it's not replicable you cannot trade it you cannot do anything it's just basically unique and that is for people actually i think value when they pay that kind of money for these pieces of art um but you mentioned before the uh, like minted and that's what i wanted to expand a little bit so like a lot of people that may listen to us say, oh, well, you know, it's just like a, if I have a design or something that I've done, I post it on eBay and people start bidding on it and then they buy it or whatever. And, and that's it. But it's different. I mean, when you mint something, you're basically, uh, as people understand, mint is like when you create something, you know, like a, like a, you mint a coin, you mint uh, a dollar bill, you mint things like, you know, something that is basically just unique. So... Uh, how you mint it when you create something is is the key how you create that token you know for for that piece of art so uh could you um expand a little bit of that if you're more familiar with that aspect of the uh, of the art yeah basically now there's platforms <clears throat> where you can just go 
and uh, upload your piece of art and essentially I mean like you said you mint it and so it's just create it's just tokenizing your art um, and then <laughs> creating a smart contract for it right basically is that is that something because that's one of the things that I when I was looking at the uh, the whole world of NFTs now and I actually went to there's there's a, a fairly new uh, startup I think is called Mintable which I think is one of the ones that uh, Mark Cuban was investing in I believe so don't quote me on that but I think that's that's one of them um, where you can actually uh, you know they try to make it super simple that you how you create your smart contract and you mint your art you tokenize it like you said and then I don't know if that's a word but uh, and then uh, you still this the conditions like you said you uh, I want to get like 10% in perpetuity or whatever um, but one of the things that I found is that it's still a little bit of challenging you know to understand the whole the whole process the whole world and all that even when you end up minting something and then you post it you know uh you can create your own store in on like i said websites like open sea and that stuff or you have different pieces of art that you are maybe selling or reselling or whatever so um do you think that will be a little more uh mainstream or simplified in the future because yeah, i think of course it's like everything i mean it's just it's one of the things that is i think more of the barrier of entry for a lot of people they say well i can sell this thing on ebay or or this is really the new ebay you know so yeah no i mean it's like everything it's like go look at websites in 95 okay they're not that great right we've come a long way as far as ui ux and making things much more friendly but yeah early days it's a little complicated now a lot of these platforms have made it a lot easier but um yeah it's still not super uh simple right now to buy or sell yeah yeah uh, and, and another thing i had is like okay well uh, i mentioned ebay i mentioned you know like etsy or whatever all these uh, platforms that are uh, allowing creators to sell their 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 part their art or their their uh, creations in general do you think um do you see in the future like they will create their own um decentralized platform where you know something on the blockchain where they will basically become like a little bit of their own auction platform like this big fish that are already being in the in that in that game for a while saying hey you know what we need to create a decentralized platform where like facilitating these people that have art to do that I, mean, I know it's kind of defeats the purpose because this is basically being decentralized and you go to an ebay and you are basically locked into their system you know but um but at the same time if i'm ebay and i see that a lot of people are selling art or any kind of uh, uh you know non-fungible piece you know um uh, tokens uh you know, I think that I'll be try to I'll, I'll try to be in that in that space too. Thinking, okay, I have all the infrastructure. There's nothing that prevents me from doing this too. I'm just trying to drive traffic to to my platform. Um, but they don't have the infrastructure because it's a totally different infrastructure. Right. They have their own basically Web 2.0 infrastructure, but they don't have any. Uh, they don't have anything that they've built on top of Ethereum or anything like that. So. No, I mean, they can try, but they, you don't need eBay anymore. Mm -hmm. That's the point. Right. You don't need a, a, a middleman, basically. These these platforms are decentralized. Uh, you don't need a middleman. I okay. Mean, no, I understand the point. I, obviously, that's the whole thing. You eliminate the, the middle platform that is in, in, in when you just, it's direct to consumer, so to speak, you know, in another way. But 
Um, so l let me ask you about the fees because this is something that I've also been learning about and that's something that is sometimes is kind of like a deal breaker, you know, because we're talking about the gas fees, which is depending on the uh, on the protocol you're using, how much traffic there is, and those kind of vary from, from platform to platform. But Ethereum has their own uh, gas fees that sometimes could be higher or lower. So um, when you buy digital art, the gas fees apply to? Yeah, any transaction. Any transaction. So when you, if I buy something, like I said, for one Ether, then I'm going to end up paying whatever is the amount depending on the amount of traffic on the on the blockchain for to verify the transaction so when do i find out about the fee that's one thing that i don't know you'll know before you make the transaction it'll tell you how much the fee is going to be okay so before it's already anticipating and telling <laughs> you we we estimate the transaction is going to be this much and then you kind of factor that in so it's almost like when you buy like precious metals or something and you you have whatever over over spot and they say that an ounce of gold is eighteen hundred bucks and then they say yeah you buy it from a commodity exchange or so commodity place they say yeah you're gonna pay 50 bucks over that that's your your markup basically yeah and they tell you ahead of time and you say okay well yeah i can i can do that okay all right that clarifies okay <clears throat> any uh, so so i wanted to get so obviously we talked about the uh uh crypto kitties and the crypto punks but the one thing that i really think that is something that i I understand more, especially you that are a basketball fan or a sports fan too, is the uh, the NBA top shots. That's something that I never heard of it until like, basically you mentioned it like what, a month ago or three, four weeks ago. And they've already made like, how many, a hundred? I, I don't know, it's so <clears throat> much. It's I think keeps... they made almost like $200 million yeah. in, in selling yeah. this. And it's only been like month and a half or something yeah i, I don't know exactly when it started yeah they started selling within the last like two months so so basically this is another example where you you own and, and they have different levels that you can buy like different different types of uh uh like one is unique and the other one you can have like a, a group of people that own like a limited edition type thing but it's just like sports cards right there's exactly. like the rare one of a kind but then most sports cards there's many many copies of it you know and right the rarer the card the more valuable things like exactly that. and they have different tiers if you i mean if you go to nba uh, topshots.com i think is the website they have all the all the different options there where it's selling and then you can buy but per team you know depending on which team or by player or whatever and then obviously depending on how much you're willing to pay you can buy the unique rights for lebron's dunk in the finals whatever and then you own the highlight and it's yours and again it's non-fungible so basically it's whatever you do with that one and then you decide to resell it resell it resell it then you own royalties for you know forever but um but the good thing is that obviously you don't have that kind of money to buy the whole thing like i was looking at uh um who was the player i forgot it was um oh yeah it was something from the suns it was um the andre that his number is 22 and um, then they had a serial number for each of the highlights that they did. Uh, they had a one highlight of a dunk in some game. I'm not a big fan, but I mean, he dunked or something. And then they made a limited edition of 50. And then you were bidding on those. And they had the number. You can choose the number of the one that you wanted. Obviously, from the ones available, it says 1 of 50, 2 of 50, 3 of 50. And they were all like a 1000 something, $3,000, whatever. Obviously, converted to, to Ether. But then... The one that was 22, that was his number, you won serial number 22, then it was 200, 2000, 
no, 222,222 or whatever. Yeah, everything to do. Yeah, I think Top Shots is definitely in a bubble right now because, I mean, like a Donovan Mitchell regular season three pointer. Yeah. It's like, you know, could sell for $1,000. And I'm like, right. Uh, for a guy that makes like, a, you know, eight you know, per game or something. I mean, yeah, it's like, I, I definitely think there will be things that are valuable, but some of them it's like, like I was looking at basic, like guys who are like not even super famous players. And it was like, a, you know, a dunk for $200 and it's like a bench player. And I'm like. I don't know how valuable these are going to be. Like, I think there's definitely yeah. a bubble right now. But yeah, they're selling a lot of things that are just very average. I mean, I, I can see they sell something like Michael Jordan's. Yeah, final. like come like playoff and finals and all that. Buzzer I'm sure those shot. will be valuable. But like, yeah, like a regular season three in the third quarter being worth a thousand bucks. I don't know, man. I don't yeah. think anybody cares about that. Yeah, well, apparently people do. I mean, but uh, yeah, you go to the website. There's, it's pretty interesting. But the bottom line is that they are making real money. I mean, they, they've sold about, I was looking, I'm not sure how currently, uh, it was an article on CNBC talking about that. And then um, I think up until like last week or something, they already sold like $180 million worth of... Which, by the way, perfect timing because the NBA was struggling with revenue and now right. they have this new revenue source. Now they have massive. this new revenue stream. And not only that, I mean, this is just the NBA, which, you know, jumped right away on this NFT. Oh, and now everybody else is going well, Exactly. Them. I mean, I, I'm a all big... The, all the other leagues are going to... I guarantee yeah. you NFL will come with their own very soon and MLB right. and all the... Yeah. MLB, NFL, and Major League Soccer, all that stuff and the World Cup and all that. And then I already, you know, I'm a... I'm a, more of a auto racing fan and follow specifically Formula One, as many of you already know. And uh, they already have highlights of uh, qualifying and polls and podiums and these and passes and, you know, overtake maneuvers and blah, 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 and all that stuff. And they're going to steal that stuff. But it's funny the transition because F1 was so protective of all their their material and videos and everything that they didn't allow people to put anything or highlights or anything on YouTube because f1 owned all the exclusive rights and, and i remember i personally put some qualifying lap of Senna in monaco that was super famous and then youtube basically gave me a pretty harsh warning saying you need to take that down or we'll do it for you basically and i yeah. said okay yeah i'm i was just a fan you know but now they they allow you to own it you know if you pay the right money so could this be uh, and when you said that it is in a bubble i mean it'll have long-term value i'm just saying some of these things because it's new and it's novel i think are overvalued like i don't think uh uh like josh hart who plays for the pelicans okay who is not a famous player he had like he was buying his own and they were like 600 bucks and it's like okay i don't think a josh hart three-pointer from some random regular right. season game four years from now is going to be worth 600 bucks no uh, yeah exactly. it's uh, like sports cards i don't even you know yeah. it's like uh it's like it's just a new version of sports cards basically exactly yeah in this and case the truth is most sports cards are completely worthless it's only like the rare ones right the same with pokemon cards or anything like that it's like the far majority of all these cards are fucking worthless there's only like a certain set that are valuable i think it'll be the same with the top shots i'm sure the majority of like regular season highlights are going to be worth not that much it's funny you said that is there is this applicable also to video games like like i'm not familiar oh, with when yeah. you sell skins and things like that or you oh yeah I, I guarantee you it's gonna be huge in video games huge <coughs> huge yeah i mean so like like when, when people buy skins or something they can yeah, buy I mean, 
in-game items are huge in right. video games. That's like the biggest way all these companies make money now. Right. And I, I'm sure there will be NFTs in the future. Yeah, that's what I think is going to be a big use too. So, but let's just step up a little bit to a higher level because this is just another application on the blockchain basically where people are minting and creating these uh, NFTs and buying and selling and so forth. So um, again, I just you know it's it's not mainstream yet not even close i mean you talk to any person friends whatever about nfts nobody knows where they are and honestly i didn't know about up until like two months ago and now i'm basically become a little mini expert by learning and listening to a podcast and all that stuff but uh it's not something that is really mainstream however there's a community that is really into that when you look at these websites and these places i mean there's a lot of people that are already into it so it kind of reminds me, and you and I talked about this the other day, of uh, like a dot-com, when the websites were starting to come. And uh, are worth people like, oh, what is that? A website like dot-com, whatever, you know. And, and then all of a sudden, it's like they became, everybody had to have a website, you know. Yeah. Like it became like an explosion. Every company just put a dot-com and it was like a big name, you know. Or whatever, dot-com was just a big investment. Yeah. So do you, do you see some parallels between what happened back in the dot-com and what is happening now with oh, yeah. blockchain? If you look, if you go on like tech Twitter, all anybody's talking about is NFTs and like all of a sudden all these <laughs> companies are popping up trying to do NFT stuff. It's the same. Right. 95% of those companies are going to fail. You know, the, right. a lot of the platforms out there that exist right now, I'm sure won't exist in five years. It's like everything. There's going to be a ton of competitors. And then in the end, there will be a few winners. Yeah. You know, yeah. I mean, that's how it always is. Uh, it's the same thing. I mean, listen, in 2017, we had the altcoin boom where you had a ton oh, yeah, of yeah, yeah. other cryptocurrencies. Majority of those failed. I know. You yeah. Know? Not even knows about it. Yeah. Um, and so, you know, it's like everything. It's like survival of the fittest. You know, mm. most will fail, but there will be ones that succeed and they will be very large and there will mm -hmm. be a ton of money to be made. You know, right. And, and, and you need to factor in also the volatility of the actual coin itself. Like in this case, we're talking Ether and you know, Ether has been like, a, uh, you know, it was 2000 last week. Now, it, you know, all crypto took a little dive in the last uh, week or so. So now it was down to 1500. So that art is also going to oscillate in value when you convert it to, you know, your current currency, your fiat currency, you kind of associate where you are, you know. So, all right, one more final topic for today, and we'll, we'll breeze through this real fast. But uh, before we get into that, let's take a quick break. All right, we'll take a quick break, but we'll come back with uh, decentralized finance and uh, other option opportunities for high yield savings. All right, welcome back. Um, just uh, one more topic to wrap it up for today. Um, the other thing that I was looking into that I think is, is really um, actually so interesting for, for today's world where uh, we're talking about, you know, the Fed and all that stuff and low interest rates. But uh, it's interesting how the um, decentralized financing or DeFi in the uh, official lingo offers some uh, alternative to savings where you can actually you know, open a savings account with um, some kind of uh, uh, cryptocurrency that you that you choose, and then you get a more of a higher yield. And I'm talking about places like uh, like Ave that we actually um, looked into heavily last week. I think you actually put some money into into that uh, platform. Uh, it's spelled A A V E. Uh, there's also obviously BlockFi is much more you know known as far as uh, commercially advertised and everything. Yeah, but basically, but BlockFi is not decentralized. Yeah, well, it's different. Yeah, it's that's why I don't like BlockFi. Yeah, because it's just like a bank, basically. Yeah, it, they operate more like a bank. But even 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 though they're not really like a bank because they are not FDIC insured as far as the funding. Yeah. 
that. worse than a bank, basically. Right, exactly. But anyways, the, the, let's just stick to the decentralized, which is Avid. I actually listened to the CEO the other day in a, in a different podcast. But uh, uh, so, so in a nutshell, what these guys do is that you um, convert your fiat currency, whether you have dollars or euros or whatever, into some kind of... Uh, Stable coin in this case, like a uh, DAI or um, US um, Coinbase dollars or whatever, or Tether or whatever. Tether, yeah, anything that is like basically stable coin that means matches dollar for dollar to your to your currency. You cryptonize, if you will, that's the word, your your fiat currency, and then you deposit it into their account, and then because they provide lending, it's almost like a peer-to-peer lending in the blockchain, so they provide lending to certain investors or, or people that want the lending for whatever startup or something, they can, they're able to provide you with a, an interest rate or a yield on your amount that you lend that is much higher than what a bank will give you, which these days is basically zero. So depending on which... Um, coin you choose you have different rates that vary from uh two three percent to sometimes as high as 10 12 percent i think if i've seen which is a huge difference but Uh, yeah but it just depends it depends on the supply and demand of the pool basically right Uh, yeah exactly and it's completely dynamic that's the cool thing that you can see actually the rates it's not that you block or you lock a cd rate at two percent for the next six months or 12 months or something and then it's locked and then as long as you don't move your money you get that savings rate at the end of the when the, when the city matures basically in this case the rate actually is constantly oscillating depending on supply and demand but you can see it and it's, it's a contract again with the with the blockchain so you can see your savings rate go up and down and then uh, again it's a stable coin so you're not losing value with the actual coin itself. It's not like you invest in, te- in uh, Ethereum or something, and then Ethereum or Bitcoin may go up and down, and then you know you lose value there or gain value. But this one, because it's a stable coin, you are matching dollar per dollar, and then if you put like two thousand, three thousand dollars, and you get a ten uh, percent interest rate average, okay, through the year. Then at the end of the year, you have like three hundred dollars that you just made that you can cash out. Um, you know, and, and, and it's a fairly simple transaction. So, and I think the interest is also uh, added to your account on a weekly or daily basis. I mean, those are details that we need to look into. It's based on uh, every time there's a new block, it mm-hmm. issues interest. Right. And uh, I'm not sure the frequency of the blocks uh, right. with Ave, but um, yeah, every time there's but a new block. But it's so pretty frequent. It I mean, pays very frequently. Right. I mean, you can see your your uh balance or your ledger basically and you can see how whatever you deposited i mean two three days later you can see that you have two three more dollars four more dollars five more dollars depending on obviously your your principal and your interest but you can see the growth on a fairly uh frequent basis so you had a little experience with ave so far um i know that it's a little bit kind of complicated still to transfer money to get your because you need to transfer first of all you need to convert your fiat currency somewhere to a stable coin and then you need to move that stable coin to a wallet that is connected to this uh, entity, which in this case we're talking Aave. And then from that wallet, you transfer it to them, right? Is that more or less the process? And obviously there's a small fee or a fee depending on which... Yeah, the, the, the problem was... Not the problem, but basically it's just a lot of steps. Right. You know, the first step is... So I decided, I was like, okay, well, I have a savings account with uh, Synchrony financial and mm-hmm. they used to give decent rates like i forget like two point something 
uh, that's before the interest rates went years ago. Went zero. And it's like, you know, if you're just going to have cash parked, you know, you always need cash. And so it's right. like, okay, well, at least I get something. And now the interest is nothing. I mean, it's right. like point something percent. I don't even know exactly what it is now. So I was like, okay, well, I'm going to, I'm going to try this. So I moved, uh, basically some money into, um, um, basically I transferred it, uh, back to my checking. And then for my checking, I bought, uh, I wanted, I did die in this mm -hmm. case. Uh, I like die just because it's completely open. Um, mm -hmm. <laughs> as far as, um, uh, the protocol, it's not like tether, which there's some questions about, but anyways, um, so I bought die and then I, I bought die on Coinbase pro. And then from Coinbase pro, I had to move it to a wallet. To a wallet. Yeah. Right. So then I had to move it to a wallet. And then from the wallet, I had to move it to uh, Aave. Aave. And right. then on Aave, <coughs> then you have to basically, uh, uh, what's the right word? Like um, deposit it, so to speak. Right. Um, so it was like multiple steps. And the problem with the fees is obviously, okay, I have to pay Coinbase their fee mm -hmm. uh, for buying it. And then I have to move it to a wallet and there's a fee for that. And then moving it from the wallet to Aave, there's another fee for that. And then the other problem was Aave, I didn't realize um, when you actually deposit it and basically when you do the confirmation, they only accept payment in Ethereum for the fees instead of DAI. Mm. So in the other case, I was paying DAI for my fees. Okay, so you paid a gas fee. So then I had to pay Ethereum and I didn't have any Ethereum in that wallet. Uh, and so I had to go and fucking buy more Ethereum and then move to it to that to wallet that oh, I see. and then okay. pay that fee. And it ended up being, um, all in all, um, uh, the gas fee, like the, the, forget the Coinbase fee, but the actual like, uh, movement fees I had to pay. The Ethereum is probably what killed you. That's the one that, that was the biggest one. Yeah. And, uh, it was like. Ethereum alone probably was like 50 bucks or something. The, the total, um, basically, from moving everything, excluding the Coinbase fee, I paid like $90 or something. Wow. Um, so obviously, if you're doing a very large amount, that percentage is small, but that's irregardless. So if I was moving 100 bucks, I would have paid $90 in fees. Yeah, yeah. So it means, it means you make so 100% means return to even make up the fees. You so have to. It's similar to when you buy stocks and back in the days with the stock. Uh, the trading platforms you have a seven dollar fee per transaction or per trade yeah. and then you say okay i'm gonna buy one share of uh whatever a hundred bucks so that's seven percent so that means the share needs to go up seven percent right. just to make up the fee so right. whether you buy a hundred thousand or whatever is much so more. in this case because obviously it's i was using it as like a savings account mm -hmm. the relative amount of the 90 bucks to what i was moving isn't super large but it is still basically uh a percentage that i'm gonna have yeah, to yeah so so i didn't know that Aave requires that in ethereum i mean that's kind of uh yeah it's because that's a setback for me i mean it's kind of yeah right now the, the big thing is moving everything to l2 and that'll reduce the fees a lot but we're just not there yet right we're not there yet okay well this comes back to the point that we we're talking earlier about with the uh, nfts about how uh, nfts same thing yeah exactly how how all these transactions not only do they have some fees that are because of the the, the power requirements with the coal gas fees uh of the actual protocol but also the the seamless transactions i mean when you go to like like when the goal of all the 
transactions, even e-commerce, e you go back to normal e-commerce transactions, Amazon or whatever, is to make it seamless for the consumer to say, I want this, I pay for it and I'm done. Now you have multiple steps, which are not so easy to understand for the average consumer. So obviously they need to improve a lot in the, in the interface. And you go to Aves website, which is like a web app too, that you can you know, download to you, not download, you can bookmark on your phone because it's not a, a traditional native app. Um, so anyways, you can go there and uh, research and all that. But uh, bottom line is that all these little steps require a little bit of um, knowledge and expertise as far as getting them done. And, and so I'm, I'm not surprised that it kind of like, you know, uh, I wouldn't say that it scares, but it kind of like, it's not uh, the average consumer maybe doesn't feel very comfortable to not doing this. But at the same time, you know, they give you a higher yield. And once you're done, you're done. Basically, it's just zero money grow. But uh, again, this is just our opinion. And we're definitely not financial advisors. We're just kind of bringing things that we see as they happen. And I think they're interesting because, again, this, this is another part of DeFi or decentralized financing that is is picking up uh, quite a bit of steam. I mean, just like uh, a few years ago or some years ago, we had all this peer-to-peer -peer lending when when people were not able to go to a bank and get a loan, then they had this peer-to-peer -peer lending where you'll get like more or less uh, better and then you can get a loan. This with DeFi, you actually have this security of the, uh, of, of the blockchain, verifying your contract and everything else. And then um, you can basically you know, get some yield off of your savings. Um, the the caveat is that it's not FDIC insured. Therefore, you know, play at your own risk if that's if that's um, you're up for that. You know, like uh, like anything else. So, any other comments, David, on this uh, particular thing? No, I think that's good for now. I'll keep okay, exploring and uh, learning more. But uh, yeah, I mean, there's always new stuff. That's the cool thing. There's new stuff yeah, all the it's, time. Yeah, it's actually very interesting. I Like I said, I, I didn't know much of this uh, for the last two weeks. And then after he and I talked, I started doing more research and I'm really interested in that. But it just happened so fast that even it, by coincidence, I actually listened to the to the CEO of um, Ave, which I believe is based in the UK or somewhere in the in England. By the way, is it Ave? I don't actually know how to pronounce it. Ave or Ave? It's spelled A A V E. If anybody's, hungry. I thought it was Ave, but uh, maybe it's Ave. I don't. I'm I don't not know. sure. I say Ave. Maybe it's because of my uh, Spanish uh, background. But uh, I think Ave sounds a little Ave. better. <laughs> I don't know. It's uh, it's spelled A A V E, and then you can go and, to. And the by the way, Ave is just one it's just one of them right it's it's one of the largest and yeah. that's why i i used it but there's a ton of other ones too i wouldn't say a ton but there's a few others there's a lot there's yearn there's curve there's, yeah yeah uh, there's a few there's a bunch of others so i mean just if you're interested in the topic i definitely encourage you to look into it because i mean there's a lot of opportunities out there that again they say knowledge is power in this case knowledge could be actually more than power and it could be more uh financial money. options and money which money is power too but um Again, I mean, we're just giving you our opinion and things that we discover and we actually practice on our own. I mean, with more or little money just to kind of play the game and see how it works and go through all the steps like David just did. But um, if you are adventurous enough, just uh, do it for yourself. And um, of course, if you have any questions, you can always send us a quick note and uh, tell us, hey, I tried this thing or could you give me some advice or whatever. We'll, we'll, we'll talk to you. I mean, as far as money, we definitely cannot give you advice, but uh, we can tell you our experience and then you take it as as it is so all right well that's it for today david thanks a lot for uh, joining me and uh, i know that you are super cramped with your schedule i had to 
kind of pull you out of your uh, heavy things. And uh, but I wanted to get this thing out today, and um, that's all we have. We'll see you soon, and uh, everybody have a great weekend. Thank you. Bye bye.